on tonight's show. We have veterinarian Tiara DePrize. And now for your host, Cool Park. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to episode 63. I am your host, Cool Cart. And we're kicking it another week, Tuesday, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Every week, I'm bringing it to you guys. If anybody is on here watching that does not watch on a regular basis, I invite you to subscribe so I can continue bringing you the value that I get from my great guests that I bring on here. I have amazing guests that bring some great value, I'm telling you. And tonight is no different, all right? Tonight is no different. Oh, man. And this is near and dear to my heart. I have a veterinarian on here by the name of Tierra D. Price. And this is near and dear to me because a lot of people don't know that I was a veterinarian science major at once, at one time. Yes, yes, yes. But I, I ran astray. I ran off for communications and, you know, media because I do media, right? <laughs> uh, two passions, though. Love animals, love media. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But yes, without further ado, I'm not going to hold you too long. I'm not going to talk you to death. Let me bring her in with a nice warm welcome with one of my intros. And we're going to dig into her brain. Yes, yes. Tierra D. Price, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate your presence tonight. (laughs) No, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, yes, yes. So I know you just came off of a meeting, a little (laughs) Zoom, and now I got you. So I hope you're not burnt out. We're going to go a little bit. I won't hold you too long, but if the conversation is good, I'm not going to stop. I'm just going to let you know that. Yes, indeed. So, I got you on here. Veterinarian, right? Like I said in the intro, this is near and dear to me. When I when, Listen, when Janelle told me about you, and, and she actually recommended you because I put out a little Instagram thing, and I was like, hey, tag some people, right? And she told me what you did, and I was like, man, beautiful, beautiful, because that's right up my alley. Like, you're living the life that I could have been living. I don't regret changing because, you know, I do what I do. But I was there at one time because I have a love and affinity for animals. Um, for me, I just couldn't see myself doctoring on them. Mm. I don't like to see them wounded. I don't like to see them hurting, you know, so on and so forth. Like me personally, I switched from uh, veterinarian science, right, to wildlife biology. And mm. then I switched to communications because I was like, okay, I don't want to doctor on them. But I'll go to the Congo and help with the gorillas and do this and do that and just like wildlife conservation and stuff like that. So, but that didn't work out either. I, I switched over to to media because I have a love for acting and film and you know I was doing music at the time too. So I did that. But for you, great. 
I get to talk to you. I get to dig in to the day in the life of what you do, your journey. And for you, so like I was talking about for me when I was a child, um, I used to love animals. I still love animals. Like I could not live without animals. At one time, I think I owned like 10 at one time, like different, different animals. Yes. So for you growing up, were were you the same? Did you have a love for animals? Were you always, did you always have a pet? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I definitely had a love for animals. I watched Dr. Doolittle. Oh, wow. (laughs) I always wanted a guinea pig or a hamster. Um, I wanted a dog so bad, you know, but my mom, she was not having it. She was like, she's like, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Uh Apparently she got chased by a dog on her bike when she was like 10. That'll do it. For life. So she told me, you know, you can have a fish. So I ran through the fish. I mean, I had, (laughs) I had a new fish like every month. And, Wait, uh, was it was that because they were dying or you were adding on? So let's just say there's a a real big reason I'm not an aquatic vet. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, fish are the hardest to maintain. I'm telling you, like I will not get fish to this day because I'm like they all die. It's hard to keep the pH right. It's very it's hard. hard, and it's hard to figure out if they're living or if they're dead. One time, <laughs> my mom. <laughs> My mom, she thought my fish had died and she put it in the toilet, right? Oh my God. And she forgot to flush the toilet and she ran and got me a new fish because I was I was away somewhere. Right. She ran and got me a new fish. So when I came home, there was a fish, you know, the fish in the tank. And I'm like, no, oh, it looks a little different, but whatever. I go to use the bathroom. My other fish is swimming in the toilet because she never flushed it and it wasn't dead oh my god i was like mom there's a fish in the toilet and so she was caught um but that was the only animal she let me have was was a fish and every career day at at school you know dress up day what you want to be when you grow up day um i showed up as in my white coat with the stethoscope and with a stuffed animal, because if not, people assume, oh, you're going to be a physician. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm going to be a veterinarian. Um, and so I got, your, I, graduated, I got your picture up there right now. <laughs> say, that picture. Oh, my goodness. I love that little girl. I love her. Yeah, I had to. I had to do it to you. <laughs> so cute. She's so cute. So- and, and I'm just. I look at her and I'm like, girl, you didn't even know how to spell veterinarian, but you, you knew, right? She yeah. knew. So I love her for that. But, um, but yeah, so I didn't have a lot of pets growing up. Only fish. We had a dog for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so. Oh my goodness. So when did you finally get a chance to like nurture an animal if you weren't able to do it as a child? Right. You know, so my um, so my mom, she she realized, you know, Tierra's not going to stop bugging me about getting a pet mm-hmm. and I'm tired of hearing about it. <laughs> and my uncle at the time was an animal control officer at the local animal shelter. Right. Um, and, you know, I say animal control officer now because I know that that's the proper term. What did I call him when I was a kid? Dog, the dog catcher. catcher. 
<laughs> he was the dog catcher. So I went with him and um, ended up at the local shelter volunteering there. Mm-hmm. And I would um, sit in the room with all the puppies and just let them crawl on top of me. I would sit in oh, the cat wow. room, do the same thing. And it would be just so much fun. I loved it. So my mom would drop me off there in the morning, come in the summers, come pick me back up in the evening. And she was so funny. She would have towels laid out in the car. <laughs> home, She's like, take those clothes off right as you hit the door. But I didn't care because I, I had all the animals I wanted at the shelter. And so I was like, I want to go back tomorrow. And the next day, I was even having her drop me off on Saturdays, you know? Wow. <laughs> like, I <wanted> shelter. <laughs> wow. That is crazy. I never did all that. I had the animals, though. That's the thing. I had the animals at the house. I had the dog, the bird. I never had a cat. But I had dog, bird, turtle, fish, hamster, guinea pig. I think I ever had a rat once. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, I I wanted a ferret. Oh, my God, I wanted a ferret so bad. I really did. I never got a ferret, though. But, yeah, I had a lot of animals. A lot of animals. And uh, I don't know. I just knew it. Like like you, I just knew it. Like, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to be. But then I, I, I started thinking to myself, like, you know what? I don't know if I can stomach seeing them hurt all the time or doctoring on them, you know? So then I was like, you know, I kind of shifted my focus to just, you know, conservation and stuff like that. Uh, and, and I want to – actually, I want to start up a charity – for like wildlife conservation, animal conservation and stuff like that and preservation. So I'm going, I'm looking to do that because I'm it's still near and dear to my heart. Like I love animals. You know, I have my dog now, my dog, I feel like a vet right now. My dog's dying of cancer. You know, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but he's, he's, but he's, he's handling it well. He's not like running around just, uh, you know, but uh, yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's a pill popping puppy. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, I'm trying to keep him comfortable. I'm trying to keep him comfortable. Nice. So. Oh, well, he has a good dad taking care of him and and helping him through those last days. You know that's yeah. that's really um, that's really important that he that he enjoys uh, enjoys those moments. Yeah, I think he's starting to lose his mind a little bit though because when he wakes up, he kind of doesn't know where he is and then he wants to snap at you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think, but once he wakes up, he's, you know, he's fine, but yeah. He's, yeah. he's old, man. He's, in, he's what, I think he's going on 13, so. Wow. Yeah, he's going on 13. He's a Jack Russell Terrier. And, oh, yeah. and I bet he lived a crazy, energetic, yes, fun, jumping. Yes, every time he'd go out and use the restroom, he would start racing around the backyard, streaking. <laughs> Come inside and do the same thing. But not so much anymore, but yeah. yeah. Those, wow, those are the wow. times, man. So full of life. I mean, he still got some life in him, but it, yeah, he's fading. But I feel like a vet right now, just trying to keep him, keep him, you know, comfortable and right. alive, pretty much. Right, because you're probably caring for him around the clock, around the clock. Yeah, so. yeah, he's a needy dog. Now he can't really hold his bowel too much, so I got to okay. watch him so he doesn't do anything in the house. You know, yeah. so I used to, like, he got me a couple times, I'm not going to lie, but it's like... I gotta put that on myself though. I have to adjust because I know he right. has that need. You know what I mean. So I gotta look for the signs. I gotta kind of see what his schedule is now. That's just what it is. Yeah. I can't put him. Yeah. Out. I try, here's the thing. I try to put him outside in his in his crate, right? Or just put him outside. Period. He's barking, howling, 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just yeah. you can't like, put him do that to me. <laughs> right. Right. You can't put him in a crate. He's howling, growling, barking. Oh I'm like, oh my God, I can't win. <laughs> yeah. But it's funny that you you know, you mentioned you're like, I don't think I love animals, but I don't think I can stomach doctoring them. Mm-hmm. And that is a key component in in choosing this career because I have a strong interest in science. I love practicing medicine. You know, I think it's so fun every day um, to be like, okay, you know, we're going to take a little bit of this and a little bit of this and do this and do this. And then they come back and they're better or you call them back and they're better. Right. But it does take a toll on you because sometimes you're like, I haven't seen anything healthy. You know, I haven't just seen a, a really fun, you know, healthy dog. Um, you know, so we'll go stretches without them unless they're coming in for just a wellness visit or something. Right. But, um, but it has to be the combination of the two. Um, without the without that science medicine component, um, you know, there are a bunch of other animal health or pet industry, animal industry careers that you can take. You know. Right. Um, so. So yeah. So that was that was you know. Smart on your part to recognize, like eh, I don't know. If, yeah, you know. I, I, I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have had a good quality of life with like that. You know, <laughs> like cause I care too much. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I carry the weight of the world on my shoulders. That's why I don't watch the news, all that type of stuff. Like I can't do it because it weighs me down. Yeah. It really does. I'm, I'm, a, I'm all about energy. You know, mm-hmm. I could tell how a person's feeling before they even know how they're feeling when you walk in the room type of thing. Yeah. So it's all yeah. about energy. The en- If the energy is wrong, I can't be there. If mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. right, it's just, it don't, you know, it weighs yeah. me down. So with that, with the animals, man, I'm telling you, I'd come to work and I'd just be like, can't do it, man. I'm dying, I'm, you know, seeing these animals. <laughs> because the thing is, it's like unconditional love with these animals. That's why I love animals so much because they act off instinct. It's not off emotion. You know, yeah. they don't, they don't, they don't hate on you. You know what I mean? Right. They don't dislike right. you. It's If they're biting you, it's instinctive. It's because they feel they're, they're in fear or exactly. it's just an instinct that they eat people or they eat other animals. You know what I'm saying? Like, or they're hungry. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's unconditional love. So it's like, I don't even understand how people could hurt animals in this, in that sense though. Like just, just outright, just hurting animals. I understand, you know, you, whatever you got to slaughter animals to eat them or whatever but i'm just talking yeah. about like just abuse them right like, how could right. you do that exactly how do you abuse a dog and then as soon as you walk through the door he's running right back to you with all the love in the world and you just it you is know. yeah it for me i'm like it has it it completely blows my mind sometimes you know when i hear about cruelty cases or you know certain types of things happening and i'm like it's, it's, I can't wrap my mind around it. It's so yeah. hard because, like you said, the animal doesn't. I mean, every single time they're gonna wake up and and love you even more than they did the day before. Yep. And so it just doesn't make any sense. And a lot of times, what we see, you know, there's the cruelty world and then there's the neglect world. Yeah. And sometimes the neglect, you know, there's a lot of love there but they just don't know how to care for them yeah. or they don't have the means to care for them. Yeah. Um, and that is just such a sticky situation also because you're thinking, you know, can't you see this animals in pain or suffering? Right. But, you know, they're kind of blinded by that love and, you know, so. I mean, listen, I look at it like this. 
there's just unfit people in the world period because if, <laughs> if there's unfit mothers who can't recognize symptoms and the signs of children and they neglect their children mm-hmm. you know it's gonna happen with a dog or a cat yeah. or whatever yeah. you know so it's just sad like some people just aren't fit they should know better somebody should step in intervene and save the animal and just say hey listen Mm -hmm. and sometimes it could be a fight because animals are like people's children so they don't want to let them go but somebody has to do something to step in and say hey this 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 dog or cat whatever deserves better needs more and needs better you know exactly exactly crazy so you went to you went to yukon Mm-hmm. first right undergrad yep. you danced all that yes i got some i got a dance video too on the show <laughs> oh my goodness you should have told me i would have brought my little moves no. i'm gonna show a little dance video oh my god you know, you're cracking up laughing now i'm a little nervous about no nah, it's an older video video you were doing your thing matter of fact look it's a good segue let's go check you out <laughs> Let's go check you out. I'm gonna put you up real quick. We're not. I'm not going. I'm not going to take away from you. I'm just going to put it up in the corner. You're not even going to see it, so don't worry. It's okay. Um. Yeah. So I yeah. danced at UConn, obviously. Um. With Janelle. Yeah. And, uh, Janelle was my heart and soul there. We we danced together for one year. Um. For those of you that don't know, it's Black History Month, and Janelle Mason was the first Black dancer on the Yukon dance team. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yep. And I featured her for Black History Month a couple years ago because I thought it was important. It is important. Oh. Um, I was the second. Okay. Go, Janelle. (laughs) Go, (laughs) Tierra. No, it's pretty crazy. The, The Yukon dance team was established pretty late. So I think they were established in 2007. Okay. And so by 2000, um, I think uh, 10 or 11, Janelle was there. Okay. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it was a fun time. Graduated from UConn and went to Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, her. that's where you went to, that's where you did your, your master's and everything, right? How mm-hmm. long, how long does it take to get a degree in veterinarian science, a master's? Yeah, so, um, so I, I got my animal science degree at UConn and then I went to Virginia Tech and got a doctor of veterinary medicine and that was four years okay and I also in that four-year span completed my master's in public health mm, okay you got usually cool. the master's program takes right yeah usually the master's program takes two years but if you're already in vet school you can kind of spread the two years out over the four with vet school so it becomes like a little tiny piece onto each oh, year. Oh, okay, okay, got you. So it's not a heavy load. That's right. the way, that's it's how you. It's a little extra load, but it's not too crazy. Okay, got you. So before we talk about Black DVM Network, before we talk about that, because that's where you established that in school, correct? Exactly. And thriving and going strong now, and got people wanting to steal your name and all. We ain't gonna talk about that. But listen, uh, you said something when you used to go to the dog pound right mm-hmm. is that what kind of got you favoring community veterinarian because i saw yeah. that on your, i saw that on your bio yeah talk about that a little bit what what is that okay yeah of course so um so 
all of my experience, probably like 90% of my experience in before veterinary school was in shelter medicine. Okay. And shelter medicine is a whole nother beast because in private practice, which is what, you know, owners like you, that's where you take your dog to a general practice. Or maybe you take it to a specialty hospital now, but usually it's client with pet and they go into the office with an appointment. Right. Shelter medicine is different, right? Because we are managing hundreds of animals at once. And are these animals, know. a lot of these animals are the, like the neglected and the wounded and strays yeah. and, and stuff like that, right? Right. We don't know where they came from. Maybe the owner surrendered them. Okay. You know, we don't have a good history on them. We don't even know how old they are most of the time, right? Oh, We're guessing. Right. We're like, okay, the teeth, you know, all this. Um, and so it's, you're managing a bunch of animals. You're really trying to make sure that there aren't a bunch of contagious diseases being spread around. Right. You're trying to get these animals healthy enough to get adopted out. So you, you want to get them better very, very quickly. You don't want them in the shelter for a long time. So it's, it's just a whole nother world. Um, and so since most of my experience was in shelter medicine, I went through vet school um, for a while. I wanted to do some nutrition stuff, wanted to do some food animal stuff, some cows, sheep, goats, um, pigs. I wanted, I kind of wanted to work on a farm. I wanted to have my own farm. You know, my head was everywhere. Right. Um, but in the end, I ended up circling back around to shelter medicine. Okay. And so now what I do is um, it's in the realm of shelter medicine, but I'm a community medicine veterinarian. Mm-hmm. And so um, I work for a large nonprofit and we do high quality, high volume spay and neuter services. So all day we're in surgery. Um, sterilizing animals okay. to decrease the stray population here in Los Angeles. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'm familiar. Mm-hmm. I got my yeah. dog neutered, so yeah, I know he was sad for about a week. He he hated me. <laughs> he wouldn't leave his pillow for like a week. He was sad. I was like, I'm sorry, man. I'm just trying to save your life, trying to prolong your life. You're not running after tail, getting hit by cars, and you know, exactly. legitimate babies running around here. <laughs> No, seriously. And it's so funny because when we try to explain to owners, you know, why it's necessary as people, we want, you know, the only way we can relate to a situation is to, to put ourselves in the situation. Yeah. And it's not the same, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a little bit different. Um, because what we see is we end up seeing a lot of puppies in the shelter, a lot of, a lot of tiny kittens that, we have no home for. So, you know, the sterilization process is so important. Um, And so that's what I do as a community medicine veterinarian, Um, you know, spay and neuter surgeries. And then also we see um, appointments for wellness or for um, treatable conditions. Um, And all of our services are free. And that's what makes it a community. That's what makes me a community medicine veterinarian is that I'm providing subsidized um, services. Okay. Do you feel like yeah. you are being more of a, of service that way, working in that field as, as opposed to private practice? So I will say that for me, it is so rewarding because I know that I'm helping people mm-hmm. that want pets, right? And they love their pets, but they maybe can't afford for all of the out-of-the-pocket right. healthcare expenses that they have. Okay. Um, as humans, we don't... Because of the way human healthcare is set up, we have no idea how much 
our doctor's appointments cost. Right. You go in, you pay $20, $40 copay and you're out. If you ever go back and look at that bill, that was a $1,000 appointment. I know. <laughs> I know. I mean, the, the hey, listen, the private vet veterinarians can get that way too because if you go in and they say, oh, well, you know, we want to run blood. We want to do this. We want to do that. I'm like, hold on, slow down. How much does this cost? How much does that cost? Because look, we're going a la carte right now. I don't know. Whatever he needs right now, that's probably what we'll do. But all this other stuff you're talking Nah, man, because listen, you go into that cash register and they be like, oh, that'll be $1,200. Like, it's nothing. And I'm like, well, $1,200? Right. Need a payment right. plan. <laughs> and, it's, and it's tough. And, and that's why sometimes I wonder, you know, excuse me, you know, do we need universal pet health care? Do we need a system similar to the people system, to the human system? Because... It really exasperates the problem because people don't bring their animals in on a regular basis. Like, yep. it's only, it's free for me to go to my doctor and get a wellness or, or preventative type checkup because they want me to do that to stay healthy. Right. Without that incentive in the, in the pet world, we don't really see, you know, there aren't people that do annuals. You should, right? You should right. take your, your dog to the vet every year. Not but people don't. Happen. And so what do we see? We see really ill patients. And then, yeah, it's like all of a sudden it's $5,000. Yeah. And, you know, the hard thing for us to conceptualize is that we don't use different equipment than human hospitals. We use all the same stuff, the catheters, the oh, needles, wow. the tape. You know, we have MRIs, we have CTs, we have radiographs. Um, and so all there's there's really no way there, there's really no reason for pet health care to be any cheaper than human health care because it's all the same supplies. Right. And my degree came in four years, just like a med student's degree came in with the same amount of debt. But yet we still don't get paid as much. So it's it's this really it's oh my goodness, it's just this like tug of war yeah. um, and it and it's what where everything intersects it's like client education you know regular pet care and like pet insurance and it you know in the center of all that we've got really really healthy happy pets clients and vets right <laughs> but but you know outside of that it, it gets a little it gets a little crazy it does get crazy i went to banfield one time and i never went back if they told me how much they were trying to charge me, I said, hell no. <laughs> I said, hell no. it got to be a better way. I found a better are, way, too. There are so many black vets in um, in Atlanta. I was just on the call with one. I need to there get, so listen, I, I'll support. I'll support. My dog, I mean, he's on his way out, though. They told him, they told me really not to even bring him back. No, seriously, they were like, hey, just keep him comfortable. Keep him on the meds. And it is what it is. Like when I go to get his refills, I don't have to take him in for an annual or anything. They don't even want me to. Yeah. They're like, right, right. You know, he's he's dying pretty much. So he yeah. lived a good one. You know, he lived a good one. I think I'm gonna take a break I after him. Oh, a break, a break first from pet from yeah. animals. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, I am. 
I am. Because it's probably gonna be hard for me, you know. He's like my he's like he's like my son. Yeah, and he's thirteen. You've had him since he was a puppy. Yeah, since a puppy, man. Since a puppy, I went to get him from a breeder, and uh, when I showed up, he was running through the woods chasing deer. <laughs> As a puppy with deer ticks and worms. I said, God dang. I brought him home and I got the things off of him and he had worms. I was like, oh my God. But we got him all good. He's been straight. He's been a house dog ever since. Spoiled. He doesn't want to. Maybe he's going a cat. Nah, I ain't doing no cat, man. Oh. I like cats. Don't get me wrong. I I like cats. I love animals. Period. Cat. I love because I grew up with cats. My grandma used to feed the cats outside. She used to throw them slop. So I, I was the one. Like every day, there would be a new stray out there. And then, uh, like yeah. down south of Mississippi, the houses are above above the ground because of the floods, right? So yeah, I'm telling you, every day a new cat will come from up under that house, and it's like they would just like go get their homeboys and be like, "Hey, we know where the free, <laughs> we know where the free meal is. Come stay with us." You know what I'm saying? So. So I was always around cats. I was always loving on them. The kittens, you know, I'd take them and, you know, love on them or whatever. So, yeah, I like cats. I just don't want one. I see. I see. I see. I I think I'm... Yeah, I had a a cat I was feeding um, in vet school. Yeah. He was a black and white tuxedo. And he always came back. What'd you name him? Oh, David. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Ah, that was my man. He's... He's actually got some highlights. I think they're still up on my Insta story. I mean, people were, people would be watching my story and be like, oh, I thought you were going to post something of David. Like they were waiting. Waiting you know, on him. Again. And I was like. What happened to David? Oh, he's still living oh, he's by still... my apartment. Yeah. He's, oh, yeah, he's still a stray? Huh? He's still a stray by your apartment? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, he was the king of that place. Like I would, he would <laughs> let me pet him. But other cats would come up to me, and I try to pet them, and he would run over and swipe them so quick. You serious? And I have multiple videos of it. Oh, multiple videos God. of him fighting other cats. Wow, cause they were trying to steal his food. I, that's what everyone says, but I choose to believe that he loved me. Okay. He probably did, though. He probably did. He was protecting you. <laughs> For- for the food, he loved me for the food. He, no, I would, I, I would feed him those little temptations. So he was right, he because way to a man's heart, you know, it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's plenty of instant stories about David and and the men in my life because David would come in the house and eat, and then he would leave, and I wouldn't see him till the next day. Oh. I'm like, okay, <laughs> just like all the other men in my life. Oh wow, <laughs> using you up, <laughs> exactly. Oh. So let's talk about Black DVM Network. Yes. How did that birth? Like, where did that come from? What was it a necessity? You felt there was a need, and what is it? Okay, so so Black DVM Network, um, I started as an Instagram page back in 2018, mm-hmm. and back then I was a second year veterinary student, um, and I okay. So if if y'all don't know where Virginia Tech is. Do you know where Virginia Tech is? I know it's in Virginia. <laughs> well, there's there's two parts of Virginia. There's like the Virginia that sits right next to DC. Mm-hmm. And then everything else. There's nothing else in the part of Virginia that's not close to DC. But it, and it's like rural? It's like... 
It is the most rural. So, okay. so um, Virginia Tech is in um, Blacksburg, Virginia. Oh. Which is in the region southwestern Virginia. I know what that um, region is all about. Say no more. Yep. Appalachia. Okay. Yeah. The Appalachian Mountains run through there. Um, I think for a little while it had the highest rate of like opioid, drug use, overdose, stuff like that. Meth. Um, so it's it's an interesting area. Um, I got a traffic ticket once and I had to go to traffic school. And the people that were with me were telling me stories that I never would have thought. Yeah, I got pulled heard. over. I got pulled over through there for um, having a radar detector because they're illegal. Mm-hmm. And I was from Georgia, but he was like, well, you're in Virginia now. I'm like, mm-hmm. really? I'm I'm, okay. I'm heading to New York, man. Like, come on. They don't care, though. The, the, the speeding laws, driving laws or whatever in Virginia are the strictest in the entire yeah. country. I know. If you get, Yeah, if you get like a um, reckless driving, you cannot get it taken off your record. I, I don't have that. Are you serious? Seriously, it's it's backwards to me because it seems like they kind of trap people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Into becoming felons or whatever. Basically, yeah. So, the do truth. they still have uh, do they still have the drones, the speed check drones? So they say they do. I don't believe they do. Like on the signs, but I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. They say they do on those signs, but I don't believe they do. I think it's just a. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So, so yeah. So, so I was living. I was living there. Okay. Um, Blacksburg is only diverse because there's a university there. Outside of the university, um, there's not much diversity at all. Mm-hmm. And um, in yeah, in my veterinary class, um, I was one of five black veterinary students. Oh wow! And yeah, and I, this is in a class of 127. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, um, so we're talking like, yeah, like yeah. one. Not much yeah, to relate to there. Exactly. And so I was really looking for, you know, a community that I could relate to. Like yeah. you said, I'm, I'm like, where are my people? Because it was starting to wear on me mentally. I couldn't, I couldn't find my way. I was doing yoga. I was doing aerial yoga. I started running. I started running. I was running 5Ks. I, I explored everything and I was still going crazy because I'm like, I just, this just doesn't feel right. And I couldn't wait to get out of there. As soon as, you know, as soon as I was over, I'm like, LA. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Angeles. Um, but, but, you know, Black DVM Network was really an Instagram page to one for me to be able to find other black veterinary students and veterinarians mm-hmm. um, and then share them with the rest of the world and say, hey, look, here's so-and-so maybe maybe there's someone out there that feels like me and they need this page to see other other people and to meet other people right you know follow them um talk about you know what they're doing what experiences they've had and as that page started to grow um what really started to become apparent was that there was a huge gap in resources for the black veterinary community Mm -hmm. and um not so much the undergrads or the youth, but actually the black veterinary professionals, the people that were making their way into the profession and the people that were already there. Um, Because in veterinary medicine, there's just this huge disparity um, 
between the have and the have nots. Like you can come out of school and be an associate veterinarian and be, you know, drowning in your student debt, hmm. or you can come out of school, be gifted a practice or be given a practice and be thriving in year five because you own your own business. Right. Wow. But where, are you know, how each person gets there is a little different. Hmm. And usually it's that generational wealth or um, that network of people that you know yeah. who are going to hand you a practice when you get out of school. Yep. Um, and so, so you know, after realizing that, that there was a lot that we, you know, a, a huge gap that needed to be filled, um, Black DVM Network really just turned into this community for Black vet students, um, Black veterinarians, Black technicians, Black assistants, you know, really anyone that was working in the veterinary industry to connect and um, to learn about about all kinds of things. Now, we do have a focus on what we think is the most important for the black veterinary community, um, which is medicine, first and foremost, okay. um, wellness, because veterinarians are facing a mental health crisis all the time. Um, the suicide rates are higher than any other profession. Why am I... I I man, that's crazy. Because I just interviewed, I just interviewed another doctor, and she does. I think she says psychology, like uh, psychology, something like that. But she said the same thing. She said mental health is like just crazy with 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 doctors, like with doctors, suicide, yeah. and what is going on? I mean, she explained it to me, but even with the vets, yep. The, and vets kind of have it worse because people, people like we come into this profession because we love animals so much and we want to help them. But at the same time, we have people telling us that we're money hungry and we're greedy and we need to help their pets and we need to help their animals. Mm. And so a lot of vets end up giving, you know, doing stuff for free because they see an animal and, and you know, it's not the animal's fault. Right. Right. But then they start to lose their business. And now they can't take care of themselves. Like their livelihood okay. is being is being threatened. They've done and one too many favors. Exactly. And with the mountain of debt you have that you're looking at and a salary that barely like doesn't match up with it at all. Becoming a human doctor is a great investment because you can pay those loans off two, three years if you really want to. Yeah. For vets, it's still a 30 year, 40 year investment, you know? Oh man! To pay off, to pay off the loan. So 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 we focus on on medicine, um, wellness, financial literacy because we see that the intersectionality of being black and being in veterinary medicine, financial literacy is probably really important. Um, entrepreneurship hmm. and professional development. And so you know the hope is that we'll get black vets, black technicians, black <laughs> assistants out here, um, you know, on their state boards on their um, local chapter boards as practice owners, buying practices, starting new businesses, starting new nonprofits and rescues and just thriving, you know? Have you ever thought about reaching out to like some sponsors and, and, and doing a conference? Bring more people together? Yeah, so we, we did a little bit of a virtual conference um, this summer. 
Okay. We're always looking for sponsors. Okay. We're always looking for, um, for partners. We have a lot to offer our partners. And so, um, we're always looking for partners, but you know, we, we always want to bring in more people. Now the, the unique part about our community is that we want people who want to invest in themselves and who want to grow. So it's not a community that you get to sit back and watch in, right? right. It's a community that you participate in, that you come saying, I have goals and I want to achieve them and we help you get there. We have um, um, people that, that we call guides that will help to guide you, right? They're kind of like something between a mentor and a coach and they will help to guide you on that path because they've been there. Okay. So we're really looking for people who are ready to invest in themselves, right? Um, and not just say, oh, I'm a part of this group, but really show up yep. and, um, you know, achieve, achieve the things that, that you set out to do. But how many members do you have currently and how can someone join? Yeah, so um, the purpose of Black DVM Network is to empower Black veterinary professionals. That's the bottom line. But we have membership available to everyone. Okay. So we have um, memberships for non-Black veterinary professionals and non-veterinary professionals. And that's our friends membership for people to be able to connect with um, our community. Because we understand how um, important it is at that interface for our members to be connected with the outside world. Right. And we don't want to be um, the, the rate limiting step for that, right? We don't want everyone to have to come directly through our info inbox and we share that news. We want people to actually build meaningful relationships in there. So that's our friends, um, membership for, for anyone. Um, and then we have for our, uh, black veterinary professionals, um, a community membership. And our community members um, come and they connect with others and they kind of take control of their own success. So they come to the events that they want to come to. They have their own profile. Um, it's kind of like a build, build your own path, right? Okay. <laughs> build, a, build it your own way. Right. And then our success members, um, we, we spend a little bit more time with them. That's where our, our guides come in. We help them with goal setting and goal achieving. Um, we figure out, you know, what is it that you want to do? How can we help you get there? And we have these calls that, um, you know, get dig deep into topics, right? Like small business loans or um, all the different ways that you can pay your student loans off or all the different ways you can get forgiveness, you know? Okay. Um, so we dig deeper into these topics with our success members um, and really help them to carve out that plan. And then we also have a corporate membership for companies that are looking to connect with members, um, mainly around employment, but you know, for other opportunities also. And so if anyone wants to join, um, it's on our website, blackdvmnetwork.com. Um, and then we have some headings at the top and become a member. We'll tell you all um, about our memberships. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Now, um... I, I do want to know how, what does it take other than money? What does it take to get your own private practice? Oh man. And so with all, with I, all the corporate players these days, 
I was you know. gonna say, are there are there gatekeepers like in any other industry <laughs> where it, it just it's harder for certain people? So it's, yeah, so it's tough. Um, you know, do you do you know? Are you from, so Banfield is one of the big players, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 they're they're a good company. But um, do you know um, who owns most of the veterinary practices in the United States? Mm-mm. There's a company that does. Um, and they're not a veterinary-related company. Um, wow. Mars. Mars Chocolate. Owns. Are you serious? <laughs> What's the, the they saw company? They saw dollar signs. was like, let's buy them up. Wow. They own Banfield, too? Yep. Wow. And Banfield's like the, Banfield to me is like the most commercial, the, com- the most commercial product you can get when it comes to veterinarian clinics. And yep. and their prices show that. Their prices <laughs> so Mars, reflect that. Yeah. I want to say Mars owns Banfield, VCA, and Blue Pearl. Wow. It's all yeah. business. It's all dollars. <laughs> yeah. So, so what do you need? Um, so you definitely need money. You, you need real estate if you're gonna if you're gonna build a clinic. Um, if you're gonna buy a clinic, you basically just need money. Um, and you need to figure out: Are you going to be the only veterinarian there? Mm-hmm. How long is it gonna take you to make enough money to hire another associate? And I think mm-hmm. that that's where people get caught up in the rat race because you have to overcome that threshold of making enough money to hire someone else. Right. If not, you can't, I mean, you can run a solo practice, but those are the people that sometimes overwork themselves. Yeah. Right. Because you're working six, six days a week. Um, but yeah, I mean, money supplies, I'm not a practice owner and I would love to learn more about practice ownership, um, in the way of like overseeing and managing practices. Mm. Um, so if I learn about anything else that, that you need to have a practice, I'll let, <laughs> I'll let you know. Cause I'm like, I can't think of, you know, it doesn't outside of money. It doesn't take much. You yeah. just have to have it, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, cause you have all the other tools. You have the knowledge, right. the skills, you know, you seem like you're yeah. business savvy. So I'm pretty sure you can put a staff together if you needed to, or you could just run it yourself if you needed to. So yeah, it, it all boils down to money. When you have money, you can make whatever happen, whatever you want happen. You know, um, but so you do desire to have one one day. I think so. I think so. Um, I think it would be really fun to to set that environment, to set that culture. Yeah. Uh, I think but it would we'll be. See. Yeah. I think it would be yeah. because, it, like you said, you could set the environment, you could set the stage, and you can make it whatever type of world in there that you want it to be and all the things that you probably see that could be done better in places of employment where you've you know where you've witnessed or whatever you can you can learn by example and and just create your own world and it could be a fun place for people to come to bring their pets you know what i mean so yeah i think that'd be cool yeah we could have a little like doggy brunch bar you know exactly Little, I'm obsessed uh, with brunch. <laughs> a little spa and all types of stuff. Just all yeah. types of different. Ooh, and I'm, yeah. I'm obsessed with coffee too. So a little coffee shop. Yes. Get a little espresso while your dog's getting an exam. There you go. 
See? They already have those cat cafes, you know? I've heard, yeah, yeah, I've heard of those. Yeah, I've heard of those. But apparently you don't like cats, so... No, I didn't say about. I don't like cats. I just don't want one. I don't want one no, running around I here. I can't separate those two statements. Digging into the carpet, climbing on my, climbing and hanging from my goddamn curtains. I, you know, gnawing at, you just, at my couch. Me. just Because they just, they, they just pull up and just start... Right. <laughs> like no, go do that to your little or a scratching post. Yeah, but that yeah, but you know how they get defiant sometimes. It's like children. Those are called enrichment. They know you what need they're supposed to be doing, but then they come gnaw your couch up. <laughs> they know it. You saw like um I once snuck a litter of five kittens into my mom's house when I was um working at the shelter over the summer. And she was not very happy. And it wasn't until like two years later that she realized they had ruined the the bottom side of the couch, the underside of the couch, because <laughs> I knew you were going there. Yeah, because they were up under there just like this. Yeah. And then, and then we had these big plants in our house. They were huge plants. And they they preferred that over the litter box. And oh so, my god, are you serious? <laughs> all five of them. You lucky you didn't get kicked out with them. <laughs> right. For real, for real. So with um with with the like owning a practice and like you say, if you learn more stuff about it, is that something that you're gonna start teaching? I don't know if it's teaching. I don't know if I'm using the right word, but like with, with black DVM, is that something that you'll start preparing others to go for, go towards? Yeah. So, you know, there's so much that I want to learn about vet med. And I really hope that what people see for black DVM network is that I don't have all the answers. I'm brand new to this. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to bring in people who have already done it. And we're going to go on this journey together you know, and by together, it's like me and, and, and these other people. And so as I learn about practice ownership, um, I definitely hope to, you know, shed that light to others and, and show other people what I've learned, but then also just be on the other side of the screen and be sitting and listening and learning from the people that we are able to, um, to round up. So definitely practice ownership I think is so important and so key to at least talk about. I also think it's really important um, because because veterinarians are not as creative as we should be. What do you mean? That's another story. So the way the veterinary school application process is set up, it, it selects for very type A people. Okay. People who are like plug and chug, formula, textbook, mm-hmm. read the instructions and do it. Yeah. And so you ask someone to try to do something like outside of that and it's it's chaotic, right? Oh, uh, okay. When you when you are practicing as a veterinarian, you get very creative with the medicine. Yeah. You get very creative with your practice because you're given these tools and you're like, all right, mix and match, mix and match. But as far as thinking outside of the box and like being innovative in, in veterinary medicine, I think that we still have so far to go. Um, And so I want to open people up to being creative, to being innovators and to finding ways that they can create businesses in vet med that maybe aren't practices, right? Like what are some other ways that you can bring 
value to people with the education and knowledge and skill set that you have. Yeah. Um, and I think that the first step into getting creative in that way is to clear our minds, right? To get really in touch with ourselves, get in touch with our intuition and, and feel good in that wellness space yeah. to open up some some time and some space for creativity. Throw the textbook and, out. Yeah. And just sit and just think. I mean, that's why I love LA. I can drive up to Malibu and just like waves and I'm like, oh, like, stop, you know, it, stop, it's, stop. It's, You're rubbing it in. Stop it. Stop it. You know, I just told you I miss LA. You know, I told you that. I don't know why you left. Stop okay? rubbing it in. <laughs> who, who left LA and who came and stayed? Okay. <laughs> it's a beautiful place. Cut it is. It I can't even lie. Cut it out. Lord Jesus, cut it out. <laughs> oh, man, I miss it. I got to get back out there soon. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I got it. Yeah, <laughs> it's sunny. It's 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 always sunny here. You know, it's always sunny. It was seventy six degrees, seventy eight degrees today. Yeah, I know. Stop it. <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> For real. Cut it out. Oh my god. Yeah. Anyway, enough about LA. You're like having withdrawals. I can see it. Yeah, enough about LA. I want to know what's the worst case you've seen uh, with an animal coming in, hurt, injured, infected, beaten. Okay, so I'll tell you about. I'll tell you guys about a really interesting case that we had. It's not by far. It's not any means the worst, but it's very interesting. Okay, so we get a dog that comes in. Um, owner complains of skin, skin problems. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I take a look at the dog and I'm like, you know, there are some issues with the skin, but, um, I noticed that the testicles, the scrotum area is very large. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, mm, I think we have another problem. You know, this area is very large, much larger than it should be. And the owner's like, you know, we actually just got this dog a few months ago and we don't know, you know, it it seems like it's been growing. I'm like, oh man, that's never a good sign, right? Right. Growing, max. And this this is a dog, probably like middle-aged pit bull kind of dog. So I'm like, man, you know, it's a conversation we got to have. And so I recommend the dog needs to be neutered, okay? Mm -hmm. That's the first step. And they say, well, can you guys do it here? And I'm like, it's a bit of a risky one because it's larger than it should be. Right. So I talked to, you know, some people and they say, oh, we can do it here. It's fine. We'll figure it out. So we take the dog back. And as the dog's getting neutered and, you know, we open up the the scrotum and everything, we notice that one testicle is much larger than the other. And so, um... The, the the doctor that was in surgery, she decides to open up the sack to see, like, what is going on in here. Right. And what we actually found was abdominal contents. This dog... <laughs> this dog had actually herniated um, part of its abdominal contents into its scrotum. Oh. 
<laughs> so it was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. How do you? And I wow. How do you explain <laughs> that though? How do you? What? So so honestly, it's not. It, it's really not that um, far fetched because the way the bodies work, especially the bodies in in males, is that you know the reproductive or organs are outside of the body, right? So they had to fall, they start off inside and then they come out. Yeah. So they have to fall through some opening. Right. So there is an opening, right? In the inguinal area, there are openings there, but usually the muscles around them are so tight that it nothing else comes through. Right. But in this case, the muscles had kind of weakened and there was a hole that was made. And so, whoop, and then right into the scrotum. Oh my god, were you guys able to fix it? Yeah, yeah, so we were able to push everything oh my. <laughs> back up there. So it's funny because um my boyfriend, he you know, my partner, he um he he's not big on animals, he's not a big animal person. Mm. But when I told him that story, he was like that you know, he had that that epiphany moment where he's like man that is so crazy you know i can't believe that happened to him and you know i feel bad for him i want to just pet him and cuddle him he had probably such a rough time the dog didn't seem painful though yeah. so you know he probably he probably like eh, something something's weird is happening but whatever you know I, there's a squirrel i don't care um oh but you know yeah yeah that's so. yeah he must have been in pain he didn't seem painful, but it's hard to tell. Animals are so stoic. They yeah. hide pain so well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, my, my dog, he walks into my knee with his head all the time. And he just, yeah. And I'm telling you, he he's lost all type of muscle mass. You know what I mean? Because he's sick. And I'm like, man, that has to hurt. Because you're nothing but bone, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, indeed. Oh, my goodness. So what is next for Black DVM? Like, what were you trying to take it from where you are right now? So, you know, I really want to get us into a nice groove of um, finding out what people want to achieve in vet med. What are their goals and how can we really help them? And sometimes... It seems simple, you know, you can ask someone, what do you want to achieve? But what I've realized is that sometimes we don't even know our potential, right? Like we have no idea. And so if you ask someone who has not realized their potential, what they want to achieve, they're like, I've already arrived. And that's not, you know, like that's yeah. not always the case. And so we're really trying to nail down where can, where can, what would be the catalyst? for people, right, mm. to, to level up in vet med. And so we want to get in a groove of having these events that are that are meaningful. We have a lot of events, but we want to have these events that really hit the nail on the head. And then we want to start um, putting together packages for people, you know, whether that's a six-week um, type of intensive thing where, you know, people can really, really learn and, like, you know, kind of like a workshop. Yeah. And so that's kind of where we're um, where we're headed, and then constantly forming partnerships and collaborating and figuring out how can we work with all these other organizations, right? And bring our where do our missions overlap, and how can we um, you know work in that space 
uh, to make a difference. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and, and I just got an idea for you too. You're listening to your thoughts. What about when everything opens up, what about doing like black DVM veter uh black veterinarian cruises? Yeah. Ways, destination trips to resorts, like because when you know, I travel to the Caribbean a lot. Janelle, you you know Janelle, yeah. She, yeah so if you know janelle you know that's what we do so but when you like when i'm out there i'll see groups and it'll be doctors or it'll be you know whatever but it could be black veterinarians and i'm telling you when you put that out into the universe and you start posting the pictures on instagram and on social media and other groups start to hear about what you're doing and it's fun at the same time and it's business and you're connecting and you're growing as a community I think that'll help you get more members. I think that'll help put more eyes on you from people on yeah. outside looking in, even groups that aren't black. They'll want right. they'll want to do business with you because they'll see that you know what these these people are not waiting around on us, and they've got yeah. you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But everybody, mm-hmm. when you got something moving and you're having fun and you're having a time in your life, and you look you look like you don't have a care in the world. People know what you got going on. They can mm-hmm. curious, like, what are they doing over there that they're just so happy and carefree and they're taking these trips? And I'm telling you, I really exactly. think that could be something that, that could benefit you guys. No, I love that idea. And I've seen, you know, Black Travel Club or Black mm-hmm. Doctors Lounge. Um, there was another one, Jet Black, Jet Black or something. You know, I'm signed up for all these events, all these um groups and stuff and I love that idea I think it's such um such a great idea and sometimes you know you just need to to get out and have fun but sometimes it's hard because like if I want to talk about oh man you know my job kind of sucks or this happened at work veterinarians there's not many people like if I if I if I you know told you like yeah I had this dog its abdomen was in its scrotum you're like uh I'm sorry I cannot relate (laughs) You know, like, uh, like, right. ma'am, I think you are oversharing. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, so, I'd be like, uh, so it's uh, nice. Black DVM Network, you know, we do aspire to be, at the same time, a lifestyle type of group, you know, um, to where people, because sometimes in the black community, veterinarians feel a little ostracized because people are like, you like animals that much. Yeah. You know, you care about animals that much. And like, you don't. Right. I'll be like, my answer. Like, you don't. Like, the hell's what kind of monster are you? Right. People, man. <laughs> you you get it. You get it. Oh, yeah. You I get it. For sure. Yeah. I get it. I've gotten it for a long time. I get it. <laughs> I just could not bring them, you know? There's another, um, there's a vet actually in LA. I mean, in Atlanta. That is also an actor. Really? Yep. What's his name? Him? Her? Yep, him. Uh, his name is... His first name is James. I'm not sure his last name. But on Instagram, he's Dr. Actor. Dr. Underscore Actor. Dr. Underscore Actor? I'm going to go follow him just because of that. Yeah. Yeah. You should. I got to go follow my fellow actors. You guys are kind of... Oh, James Hayes. James Dr. Hayes. That sounds familiar, actually. Actually, James Hayes. Yeah. Maybe he's, it he's sounds familiar because it's like it, Hayes might be common. I don't know, but it does sound familiar. 
But I'm gonna go check him out. I'm gonna go check him out. Yeah. Follow him. I'm gonna tell him you sent yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, I'm gonna tell him you sent me. Well, listen, I, I'm not gonna take up too much of your time. It's been wonderful speaking with you. We've been on here for what? An hour now. Didn't even feel like An hour. Yeah. We've been talking about a lot. Yeah. We talked a lot. I told you we're gonna kick it and the time is gonna go. Right? We kicked it for sure. No, but I really appreciate you coming on, sharing all of that. That knowledge, that wealth of knowledge uh, for the viewers and for myself as well. Yeah, I got to, got to dive into the day in the life and experience what you experienced through you, living vicariously through you. Because I never got to do it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, seriously, though, very informative. I appreciate you coming on and sharing all that. Appreciate your time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, everybody, go follow Tierra at Tierra DP on Instagram. Also, Black DVM Network on Instagram. Go check out what they're doing. They're doing great things. Um, all positivity, man. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, definitely check her out. Follow her. Tap into what she's doing. She's loving the animals. Anybody that loves animals is good with me. I'll tell you that right now. I'll tell you that for real. There's any. Oh, one last thing I want to do, and I'm going to start doing this. It starts with you. I want to do a picture. So I need you, and this is going to be the screenshot that I'll use when I post stuff on Instagram of the show. So I want us to hold a shot for like two seconds so I can just snap it and do what I need to do with it. So I'm going to let you choose. You want to do something silly? You want to do something serious? You want to be... Um, I don't this, know what. No, you're the media person. You're. How you, you feeling? How are you feeling? Because I'm always silly. Well, let's do something silly. Okay. okay. <laughs> something you can be proud of for me to post, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that scratches off the first three ideas. I'm gonna, I'm gonna post it. <laughs> so, okay. 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 Well, I don't know what to do. Just do the first thing that comes to mind. Ooh. Hoodie is like so cute. I love it. Okay, I'm ready. All right. What? Oh, wait, hold on. We got to get leveled. You just rose up and now you're above me. We got to level up. Okay, there we go. Boom. All right. One, two, three. <laughs> All right, good. <laughs> Why do we both do the same thing? I don't know, but do it works, though. It works. You want to do it again? Wait, I need, I need to shout out. I need to shout out Janelle's dog, Oreo. Shout out Oreo. All right. This shout out is for Oreo, Janelle's dog. He's black and white and I love him. And so does Janelle and Zara and all the Masons. So love you, Oreo. Well, if you if, Listen, if you got a shout out Oreo, I got a shout out BJ. I think BJ's from the same litter. I think. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm wrong, but they're the same breed. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, aunt, her aunt owns the dog. Oh, okay, okay, uh, okay. My mother-in-law. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, same dog. Listen, name 10 breeds of dogs. Okay, Ger- okay. this is from best to worst. No, I'm just kidding. Let's go. <laughs> okay, German Shepherd, Pitbull, Siberian Husky, Cane Corso, Mm-hmm. Golden Retriever, Shih Tzu, Yorkie, Chihuahua, American Bulldog, English Bulldog, I'm sorry, 
the English Bulldog is at the bottom. Yeah, at the bottom. Yeah. Hi. Because they just they don't do shit. <laughs> they have the worst smelling farts. Oh my god. And then they have all these skin issues and they have all these wrinkles and like it's just and they snort like they snore just like when they're awake they're like <sighs> yeah like a Boston Terrier. What's that? Right. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. You 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 are on your ish. You were like, yeah, let's go, boom, 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 boom. You know your stuff. I appreciate that. <laughs> I hope I do. <laughs> oh, you should. You better. Right. You better. What about cats? I know nothing about breeds of cats. I mean, I okay. There's like Persian. There's the hairless one. Those are ugly as hell. Oh my god, they're so creepy. <laughs> there's there's like the Egyptian ones. And then there's um oh the fluffy ones. Maine Coon. I'm learning something. The, Bing- the Bengals. Have you seen the Bengals? Those are yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen them on Instagram. Never seen them in real life. Yeah, my friend has one. They're gorgeous. And then there's domestic short hair, <laughs> domestic medium hair, and domestic long hair. Oh, you're cheating now. <laughs> there's a orange tabby brown tabby <laughs> okay that's enough that's enough i'm learning something though i, I don't know breeds of cats i really don't i know nothing I about cats other than i just like to pet them <laughs> that's it <laughs> all right i'm gonna wrap it up i'm not gonna hold you much much longer um i thank you once again for coming on appreciate you really appreciate your time Yes. No. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for this wonderful combo. It's it's been so fun, actually. Yes. So fun. Yes. Likewise. Likewise. Yeah. I really appreciate it for sure. Everybody that's tuned in, if you're watching us on the replay, we thank you for coming out. God bless you. Good night. I'll be back every Tuesday, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Kicking it with Cool Car. You never know who I might have. So tune in. All right. And follow, hit the subscribe if you if this is your first time looking, watching, getting some value, hit that subscribe button. And y'all go follow her. Come follow me too on Instagram if you you know you know see what a day in the life a cool card is like. I don't know, I'm just talking now. Y'all have a good night, y'all. We out. <laughs> <laughs>